Thank you, Brocky. And uh, my privilege to, to um, pray for Corey. So Corey is one of the co-senior pastors at Sign of the Dove, a church that we are privileged to partner with on a lot of different things over the years. And uh, Corey is going to be one of the leaders uh, of our March 19th worship and baptism service. So before COVID hit, we had a few sort of all church, all Lake County gatherings, worship and baptism. And so this year on March 19th, we have, uh, at the moment, we have, I think, 13 churches that have, uh, that have agreed to be part of this. Great night. If you have not been baptized and you are a Christ follower, I will say it again, not really a category for you. People who decide that they're going to be Christ followers are baptized. And so it'll be a great night. So Corey, uh, along with Dustin and others, will be leading the worship side of that. And, and you, you don't want to miss that, March 19th. Corey is also, Corey and Shawnee, who his wife, who was here, he, that sort of made that obvious. Uh, by the way, it was their son that was on the drums. They had another son over here. They've got a daughter in, uh, in, in uh, the children's program today. But Corey and Shawnee are in a small group with Sherry and I, uh, so we are privileged to have them. Remarkably, he does a better job leading worship in small group than I do when we get together. You might find that hard to believe, but... Um, uh, it has been great to get to know Corey and Shawnee over the last few years. And in addition to being the pastor there and all the other things that he does, he leads worship there as well as uh, is involved as, again, the co-senior pastor. Uh, Corey has a dance troupe that tours around the world, a lot of time in Uganda uh, and other places. And so, um, anyway, it's, it's great, to have, uh, great to have you here. I'm going to pray for Corey, and then we will turn sermon. Heavenly Father, we ask for your blessing on Corey. We ask for your, uh, your spirit of God, uh, your spirit, God, to uh, enlighten us, calm our hearts, give us uh, an ability to hear from you and from your word. And we ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Mike. And it is my pleasure to be with you all this morning. I'm so excited to be able to fellowship with you all. Um, like you said, I come from the Sign of the Dove Church, uh, which is in Waukegan, and uh, we have been partners for years, okay, years we've been in fellowship together. I've come here and led worship many different times, and, and it's always been an honor and a privilege to uh, serve alongside with the leaders here at Christ Church. Well, I want to just let you know that I'm so excited about the series that you're in called the life. Pastor Ben, God bless you. I'm so excited just to be able to partner with you because this is where I'm at. This, this series right here, this is where I'm at. Um, for some of you that might know the other side of the tracks, um, I would say I'm about that life. Okay? So I think we have a younger crowd in here so you may understand, but I'm about that life. Okay? And I'm not talking about that ghetto thuggish life. I'm about that Jesus life. Okay, because there's something that is really changing in the body of Christ where people are really becoming serious about this relationship with God. Because too many times, and I know I'm coming hard right away, but too many times in the body of Christ, we have just treated church as this nominal thing. And church has been the, um, if I go to church, that's enough. But God is calling us to a deeper place. God is calling us to be real because his return is soon. And so uh, I preached a message at my own church. Will the real Christians please stand up? Because sometimes it's hard to tell. 
people always arguing and fighting, and, and this is in the body of Christ. And if you're new here today, that is not what's going on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I'm just saying. <laughs> so I want to be able to partner with you all in continuing in this series uh, called The Life. Okay, if I would have titled it, I would have been said, you know, hey, I'm about that life, but it's called The Life. Praise the Lord. It's part of the journal. Look it up. It's great. Amen. Let me pray. Father, we just want to say thank you, Lord God, for your grace. And I ask that you would just move mightily as we go through this series today. Um, you have something so good for us today. And so, Lord God, we are open. Our hearts are open to receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. Thank you very much. So, um, I love John chapter 15, um, and last week you were able to be imparted into with John chapter 15 where it talks about the vine and the branches, okay? And he tells you that if you're going to be in me and I in you, we will move together and we will bear much fruit. And I love that passage. That passage of Scripture really lays the foundation of what it takes to be a follower of Christ. We need to remain in him. So I want to just read a little bit before the passage passages for today because it sets us up for what we're going to talk about today. So this is John 15, verse 9 through 11, and it reads, just as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. These things I I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Now, in my notes, I underlined that last passage, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Because there's something about the life that he has just prescribed here. The life, your joy, his joy will be in you and your joy will be made full. So if you're not about that life, you're not experiencing what he's talking about. But if you are going to be about that life, he says, this is what I can guarantee you, that my joy, the joy of Jesus Christ is going to be in you, and then what you have is going to be made fuller. It's all right to say amen. I would have said it too. I would have shouted. I probably would have ran across here because it was so good. And I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about the word. His joy inside of me and then my joy made full. So if you're not about that life, there's something you're missing. He says to anyone who is a follower of Christ, he says, my joy is going to be in you and your joy is going to be made full. Touch your neighbor and say, his joy. Oh, come on, now we did this already. Touch your neighbor and say, his joy in you, your joy made full. Somebody got to get happy on that one. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So there's something that's going on that's real awesome when we start to operate in what he said to do. He says, I'm going to give you my joy. See, some people are not satisfied in the body of Christ walking around like prunes. And it's just like, oh, you a Christian? Ooh, sorry. Because your face all pruned up, you haven't notified your face that you know Jesus. You know what I'm saying? 
If you have interacted with the Savior, it brings transformation. If you haven't been growing, I have to question whether you're following after him. Praise the Lord. But this sets us up for the passage for today. It sets us up. He says, this life, you will have my joy, and then the joy that you have is going to be made full. Well, let's look at why. Let's look at, this is John chapter 15, and if you're taking notes, this is a good place to take them. John chapter 15, verse number 12, it says this. This is my commandment. Okay? Now, the disciples are listening. They're just like, okay, let let me lean in a little bit. This is my commandment. Then he says here, that you love one another. Oh, we got that. That's not a problem. But see, then this became the issue. Just as I have loved you. You've done a lot for me. And you're expecting me to love my brother and my sister in the same way that you have loved me. Well, it took me a little bit of time, but I had to go back and say, God, we have to ponder how you love us. Because if we ponder how you love us, it's going to cause us to really get low. Because many times we'll we'll operate in, yeah, you know, God's been good to me, you know, I got this, da-da-da-da. And we operate in a little bit of arrogance. And in that arrogance, we don't see people the way they need to be seen. And if we ponder what Jesus has done for us, it will cause us to become low. There's a song that was written. Um, this is a song. It's a modern hymn by Stuart Townen, and it's called How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Okay? And so I'm going to read these lyrics, and even as I read them, my heart was impacted. I want you to listen. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss, the father turns his face away. As wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon a cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. I will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, nor wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer. But this I know with all my heart, his wounds have paid my ransom. Hey! See, I heard the hallelujah. But when I consider what he has done for me, it causes me to recognize, look, I don't have a leg to stand on. You paid the price. And so I cannot be arrogant when I recognize that you took my sin. You did it for me. I didn't deserve it. But yet you loved me and you did it just for me. This life is one where we need to be in awe of what he's done. 
when we see some people operating in arrogance, when we see some, you know, when we see, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the average Joe. I'm talking about believers, Christ, people that are in the church. When we are operating in arrogance, I really have to question, when is the last time you had an encounter with Jesus? Because an encounter with Jesus will cause you to become humble. An encounter with Jesus will change you. He says, when you're about this life, this life is a life of humility, not of arrogance. He goes on to talk about the way that he's done it for you all. He goes and talks to the disciples and lets them know that this, this thing, this love that I've given you is a love of that selfless and intimate. Selfless and intimate. Touch your neighbor and say, hey, it's going to get better. That was just a cue to wake them up. It's going to get better. John chapter 15, verse 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. He begins to let the disciples know that this love that I'm talking about, what you need to share with one another, is a love that is selfless. It's a love that lays down his life. Okay, and so, and, and even though Jesus goes and dies on the cross and, and is raised from the dead, he's also talking about that in your daily life, you are laying your stuff down for the sake of somebody else. For the sake of somebody else in the body of Christ, I'm willing to lay down my stuff, I'm willing to lay down my priorities so that you can be better. I know, Pastor Corey, I don't know that I can do that. You know, Sally Sue, who sit on the front row, she made me mad. So that's why I sit in the back row now, because Sally Sue didn't got on my nerves. She didn't talk about me. She didn't spirit my name. I, I can't do that. If your name is Sally Sue, I don't mean you. But see, in the body of Christ, and I even hate saying that, in the church organization, we have a problem because we have these little offenses. Oh, I'm going to talk about it. We have these little offenses, and they prevent us from being one. So the very thing that we're talking about in Scripture here, the very thing that God is calling us to be, we're not able to walk it out. And then we're wondering, well, I don't, I don't feel the joy. I, don't feel, I think I'm going to go leave this church and go to another one. Why? So you can be stank at the other church? We got to grow up. We have to grow up and do what the Lord God says. We're missing out on his joy if we're not doing what he says. There's so much more to this life if only we would do what he says. He says he laid down his life. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, he says, We know love by this, that he, Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers and sisters. So, you and I, we need to be working together. My life should be laid down for you. I need to be able to drop my priorities so that you can be encouraged. That's unheard of because that's not what we learn in American culture. In American culture, get yours. Am I, am I telling the truth? In American culture, get yours. Uh-uh, don't let them people pull you down. Get yours. But see, the upside-down kingdom says, uh-uh. You lay down your life so that the other one can be lifted up. Because this is what Jesus did. <sighs> I don't know, Pastor Corey. That's okay, you're gonna get saved today. 
Philippians 2, verse 5 through 8, it says this. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, as he already existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a bondservant and being born in the likeness of man. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." See, Jesus did this. Yes, he loved us. He did this, but he also did it out of obedience. Because in the upside-down kingdom, see, love is not about an emotion. He says, I love you, and you show your obedience to me. You show your love to me by your obedience. That's why he said, this is my command, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Because Jesus did it. He did it even to obedience to death on the cross. He emptied himself. How much more for each one of us to be in a place to empty ourselves so that the other person can be loved. Even when new people come into our church, we should be overrunning them with love. Even after they've left the Sunday morning service, how can we overrun them even during the week? How can we show them the love of Christ, that the love of Christ never fails, never gives up, is always there, never disappoints? This is what we've been called to in this life. Last scripture I want to give on that. Philippians 2, verse 3 through 4. Do nothing from selfish from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility, consider one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of others. I cannot rip it out of the scriptures. It's there. Okay, it's, it's there. And I know for some people it's a sting because you have been hurt. And I'm going to tell you something. If you will bind yourself with Christ, he will bring the healing you need. My God is a just God. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. If you are going through any type of church hurt, go to Jesus. He will heal you. Because you will show your love to the Father by being obedient to what he has said. Empty yourself. Touch your neighbor and say, empty yourself. Empty yourself. Because if we're going to be the body of Christ, if we're going to be a reflection of who he is, then we need to be acting the same way. we got to empty ourselves. Young people that are in school, you got to take advantage of those opportunities and, and work together with those other believers. Don't be ashamed of the other believers. Work together with the believers. Because God has put you there for a purpose. Hallelujah. He has put you there for a reason. We've got to be able to empty ourselves and be with one another and show love to one another. This is a powerful passage. Look at verse number four. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests. That's a tough one. But look out for the interests of others. You know, just be, be careful to even just track how are you having conversations with other believers. Are you having a conversation that's more about you? Or are you in a position to really hear the other person? 
I had a conversation with one person, and, and she was like, well, well, I just don't feel loved. I don't feel like I'm seen, and I feel, don't feel like I'm heard and, and everything. And I was just like, I hear you, but did you see and hear the other people? Did you take time to even maybe ask a question of maybe what those people were going through that they missed you? Because many times in our hearts, everything becomes about us. And our filter ends up changing. Because now all of the hurt, everything. In fact, my filter changes so much I can't even see straight. Because everything becomes about me. They don't see me. They don't hear me. They overlook me. And the thing is, you might have 10 people that came up to you that was just like, hey, I've missed you. What's been going on with you? But yet you don't see them because everything is about you. And the Lord's saying, if you're going to work in my kingdom, if you're going to be a follower of me, we've got to empty ourselves. Take a big breath. Let it out. Because this was hitting me just like this. Lord Jesus. <laughs> John 15, verse 14 through 15 says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends because all things that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. I love it right here because he says you're not just a, a, a regular person to me. You are an intimate friend if you do what I ask you to do. And when I look up the word friend, it's philos. And philos means it's these group of individuals who are standing with you like you're a bridegroom, okay, and you're the groom, and you have all these people that are standing with you, seven or eight, nine people, and these are your homies, these are your bros, these are your friends, you know, these are the ones that are standing with you, and they're believing for you, and they're with you while you make this decision. They're crying with you while you're making this decision. They're standing up with you, and they're like, man, bro, whatever you need, man, I'm here for you, at least for that day. Man, bro, whatever you need, I'm here for you, I'm down with you, we're so happy for you, we're so excited, and Jesus says, you become that to me when you operate and obey my commands. I no longer call you slaves, but I call you friends. It's a beautiful, beautiful, intimate relationship. And he's saying that even amongst the body of Christ, there's supposed to be intimacy. Can I tell you that the other two that were singing on the platform, they don't go to my church. They go to a different church. But yet, because of the relationship we've built over the years, you know, uh, 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 one of them said, she said, Corey, whenever you need me, I'll be there. I'm like, man, that's, that's a friend for you, boy. To be able to call somebody and just, hey, whatever you need, I, I, I'm there for you. Because that's how we're supposed to be. I remember we took this last mission trip, and on this mission trip we had a team of 10, and about half the team is not from my church. Half the team are from other churches. And we were able to be together, love one another. And, 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 and I had to have a few meetings before we went because I don't know you, but I want to know you because I want to be able to work together. 
And I want to ask hard questions. What's up with your relationship with God? What are your idiosyncrasies? What are the different things that get you mad? Because I want to be in fellowship with you. You're a Christian. I'm a Christian. Let's find out what's going on with one another so we can work together. When you're having a problem, I want to be able to hold you up. When I'm having an issue, I want you to be able to hold me up. There's intimacy going on. And in the body of Christ, we're supposed to have intimacy. Let me tell you what else he said here. He said, um, he said that whatever, uh, whatever has been told to the Father, he said he was able to reveal it to them. All the things that I've heard from my Father, I've made known to you. Which means he was able to share the heart of God. He was able to share the heart of God with those who are his friends. It's awesome when you can get together and know one another's heart. And so, therefore, when somebody offends you, you can be like, ah, uh, no, I know his heart. So, therefore, I know he's not fussing at me. Every drummer that works with me has every right to have an attitude with me. Praise the Lord. Because I will throw a look. I, I, all types of looks, all types of everything. But if you know my heart, you know I'm not mad at you. I just want you to do right. <laughs> but in all honesty, the, the drummers, it's like, man, I, I remember one drummer said to me, man, you know, I, 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 know, I know, man, but I, I've messed up on a couple of things. And they come to you in such humility because they know that your love is sincere. I don't have anything against you. I want to work together. You're, about, you're, you're a fellow believer in Christ. And if you know me, you know that I'm very expressive. Praise the Lord. And God has had to work with me over the years because sometimes those expressions really did mean I don't like you. I got the rolling of the eyes. I got the rolling of the neck. You know, I had, God had to work me through because I could tell somebody off in a minute. But when I got saved, my heart had to be transformed to be a reflection of his love. He said that there's got to be intimacy between one another where we're able to share one another's hearts and be trusted with it. I think that's part of the problem. Sometimes we end up saying stuff that should have been protected and people get hurt. And we could move further along if we would fess up and apologize. Instead of holding on to the fence, holding on to the offense, which causes us to become more arrogant. And the Bible says that pride and arrogance, that's the deep sin. <sighs> Let's move on. There's a reason why we have all of this. And he said, we've got to move with intention and purpose. He said, this is not just about being a good social organization. He says, this is the body of Christ, and we move with purpose and intention. He said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundance. I came to serve and be a ransom for many. I came to seek and save the lost. So there's purpose and there's intention. And so I want you to move with purpose and intention. I need you to love one another because in your loving one another, I am going to be revealed. 
So in other words, if you're too busy arguing or if you're too busy avoiding one another, saying, I, don't, I just don't like people. I love Jesus, but I just don't like people. You're not a follower of Christ. I know ain't nobody told you that, but I'm going to tell you. If you're sitting here saying, I love Jesus, but I don't like people. Come on, that, that, that's not even congruent. So in other words, I need to be asking Jesus, heal my heart because I do have a problem with people. Look, ain't nothing wrong with telling the truth. I have a problem with people. Lord God, I need you to heal my heart so I can walk according to what you've called us to do. Look at the passage. Move with intention and purpose. John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit. And that fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So therefore, I've got to do what he said do. He said we've got to make fruit. And the only way that fruit is going to be made is if we work together. We work together, and he is revealed. And when he's revealed, it's going to remain. Praise the Lord. When we took this mission trip with all these different people from different churches, people were amazed that we were from different churches. And, and me, being one of the coordinators, I, I was, you know, I humbled myself. What gift you got? What do you do? What can you do? Because we're going to bring all those gifts together because in our working together, Jesus is going to be revealed. When we go into an environment and we're working together, Jesus is revealed and you can see the results because people bow and say, yes, I want Jesus. They don't say, yes, I want Corey. Believe me, you don't want me. That fleshly me? One of the singers was reminding me about that fleshly me, what, what I used to be like. She reminded me. I was like, girl, stop it. I'm, I'm, I'm full of Jesus now. <laughs> you don't want Corey. You want Jesus. And he says when we're working together, Jesus is going to be revealed. And so that means some of us have got some work to do because some of us were either part of the offense or some of us, you know, ha are the, uh, have been offended. And we've got some work to do. There's some apologies that have to be made. There's some phone calls, that, letters that have to be written. Because if we're not working together, Jesus can't be revealed. I can't call myself a, 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 a follower of Christ when I am at odds with people in the body. I want to be free. I want to be emptied. Because if I am walking in offense, if I'm walking in any of those things, then I'm not experiencing the life that he said I could have. Which he taught, he said, it's going to be his joy in me and then my joy made full. Well, I'm not going to experience the life if I'm holding on to offenses. Now, I'm going to tell you something. We sang Jesus has been faithful. We sang about his faithfulness. He is faithful to heal you. If you are willing to let go, he is faithful to bring healing to you. But that's only if we want to be about being a follower of Christ. He finally says in John 15, 17, and I'm closing, this I command you, that you love one another. Now, he said it a second time. 
which means he's serious. Him and Jesus have a love. And so he's saying, now I have a love with you. Now my expectancy is that now you have a love with one another. Because if you will love one another, it's going to show that God is real. When you take time to love one another. That's the mystery of a marriage. Two different people coming from two different spaces. The mystery is the fact that they're able to be together. My wife and I have been together for 16 years, going on 17. And we come from two different sides of the tracks, praise the Lord. Way different sides of the tracks. But the mystery is that as we have set our hearts on bringing honor to God, God is revealed in this marriage. And my children begin to see Christ. They can trust in the Christ because of what they're seeing in the marriage. The fact that we're going after God. The fact that we want to be in unity. And so that's a decision that has to happen in the greater body of Christ, that we want to be in unity. We want to make a choice and a decision to say that I want to obey Christ. And in my obedience to Christ, I show that I love him. Jesus invites us into an abundant life where love is the standard. This love fully sees people and fully knows them. This love is selfless. This love will grow you. <laughs> this love will remain. The challenge for us is to remain in his love so that we can be love to one another. If you want to be about that life, if you want to be about that abundant life, if you want to be about that fullness, then let's surrender to the Lord. Surrender to him so we can surrender to one another. Let's bow our heads. Lord God, we come before you right now, humbling our hearts. Lord God, knowing that this is a tough place because you've called us to a, a more intimate relationship, not just with you, but with one another. And Lord God, even though this word is, is what you have commanded, we know that this is a, a tough one because it involves our hearts and some of our hearts have really been ran over. But Lord God, I'm asking your spirit to come and touch individuals right now. I'm asking your spirit to come and fill the hearts of those that have been broken. I'm asking your spirit, Lord God, to come and bring the healing, Lord God, that some are in desperate need of. Father, there are some individuals here tonight, today, Lord God, that love you but are having a hard time. So, Lord God, I'm asking, Father, would you refresh them? I'm asking, would you revive them? Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come in and, and show them the way. Show them how to be able to humble themselves. Show them what it means to you that they, they become humble, that it is so important to you, Lord God, that if, he, that if we say we love you, Father, that we'd be willing to be obedient in this and that you would give us everything that we need. 
Father, I pray, Lord God, that we would offer up our hearts unto you so that we would be willing to love one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.